Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode of Believe in Bears is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NBA and college basketball, it is back, baby. And the NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. Will the Bears be involved? And with all the different kinds of sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship, or if you're thinking Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to go all the way, and can someone possibly upset them? Or maybe even the Chicago Bears beating the Green Bay Packers in Week 17 as five-and-a-half-point dogs head to BetOnline.ag. They got game spreads, totals, team player and coaching props because BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, it is week 17. Bears versus Packers. Bears win. They get into the playoffs. Packers win. They get the home field advantage. Bears can still sneak into the playoffs if they lose, but that's looking a little dicey. Cameron, this is why they pay us the big bucks here at the Believe Podcast Network to tell the good people, the Bears fans, how our team is going to perhaps come out with a victory in Week 17. Let's get it on. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. You know, it's hard to not be feeling good as well as our Bears have been playing these last several weeks, obviously taking care of business on Sunday against Jacksonville, but this is a whole different animal. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about the the Green Bay Packers. We're talking about Week 17, and playoff hopes are on the line. So you got to see the absolute best version of the Chicago Bears this week. And if, if they want the season to continue, you know, they, they've gotten to the point where they hold the control to their destiny. That's all in their hands within their reach. But they got to go out and they got to take it and they got to be their best version of themselves to pull this one off. They've been the best version of themselves, at least offensively, over the last three or four games. And I think heading into this game, this is what Bears fans are having a hard time wrapping their head around is that they played so poorly against the Packers. What was it in week 12? So long ago, it feels like that we don't really know what team is exactly going to show up. And of course, it is Green Bay. Name me one time, Bears fans in history, that the Chicago Bears have ever headed to to play the Green Bay Packers and come out with a victory in a crucial situation, whether it's a playoff game, whether it's a win and get in, whether the NFC North is on the line. The Bears are always on the short end of the stick. So I think we're walking into this one a little bit cautiously, but I think me and you today can maybe break down a couple of areas that we can keep our eye on on Sunday that maybe give the Bears a chance to come out victorious and head into the playoffs and continue this momentum that has been building now for the last three weeks. Yeah, I definitely think that there are a few things that the Bears have been doing very well, and if they continue to be able to do them at, at a high level, that will give them a chance in this major matchup and hopefully, like you say, ride high into this game and into the playoffs, and, and who knows. But it's really going to come down to executing on, on a few key areas and making sure that, that they're playing their best ball uh, at the best and most important time. This might dip into our keys just a little bit, which we're going to hop into in just a moment. But first, Cameron, let's start with a very simple question. Heading into this game, and it sounds crazy, are you more worried about the defense versus Green Bay Packers offense, which is averaging 31.6 points a game, the most in the NFL, or are you more worried about an offense coming out and playing well against you know, a Green Bay Packers team that Mitch Trubisky, career, historically, has never played very well against? You know, it it feels really weird to say, but I got to be honest, I'm more concerned about the defense now than I am about the offense. The offense, I feel like we've seen, at least through these last few weeks, has just looked solid. And I trust that if they can come out and play on par or even in the ballpark of what they've been doing, 
I, I really am not too concerned about what they were able to put up offensively. My bigger concern is obviously stopping one of the most proficient players and one of the most proficient passers in the game's history and Aaron Rodgers, who just seems to be playing on another level. I don't know if the guy just doesn't age or what, but he's playing some MVP level football right now. And, and this offense uh, for the Packers, when they have that run game and the pass game and the balance, I mean, they look as dangerous as anyone in the NFC. So though I think anyone would tell you that the Bears defense is better than the Bears offense, I think that they've got a, a, a tougher task than coming out and uh, trying to keep this team under wraps and, and giving the offense an opportunity to to put up enough points to win this game. Yeah, Rodgers has 44 touchdowns this season. Cameron, the last time I checked it, I'm not a math whiz. That is a lot. So they're definitely going to have their hands full on the defensive side of the ball. And this has been obviously a crazy roller coaster season. We've documented it. Everyone knows it. They went five and one. They lost six games in a row. Now they're riding a three-game winning streak and hopefully going to make it into the postseason. The Bears win. They are in. They get the seven seed. There is a world also where if Arizona beats the Rams and we also win, the Bears actually move up to the sixth seed. Now, if the Bears lose and the Cardinals win, we are out. If the Bears lose, and the Rams win beating the Cardinals. Cardinals lose. We also sneak in and back in. So just so everyone knows, these are the postseason implications that they have on the line. And the Packers, too, as well, have the number one seed on the line as well. I think they would like that bye week. I think they would like to keep their home games at Lambeau Field throughout the playoffs. So they have a lot to play for. If the Bears lose this game, you know, of course, if the Bears come out and poop themselves uh, at Soldier Field against the Packers and they lose, I think we're going to be devastated, heartbroken, and probably rightfully so very angry. But for those Bears fans out there that are lamenting, we should have never been in this situation. You know, the past is the past. We've lost the games that we've lost. We can't go back in time and change, you know, the 10-point, you know, deficit that we gave, a 10-point lead that we gave up to the Lions just a month ago. If you're going to do anything in this playoffs, it's one thing to just get in and get the participation trophy of heading into the postseason. But if they have any interest in doing anything, you have to go out and you have to win games like this. This is a really important game, not just to get in the postseason, but it's supposed to galvanize you and let you know that you can play with the other guys that are in there. Once you get in the dance, you just don't want to show up and be in the picture. You want to actually try and do something. So for everyone who's like, I can't believe we're getting the Packers in the last week of the season, just our luck that it's so hard to get in. It's like, no, man, if you want to be a postseason team, this is the type of game that you should be playing. And if you're going to go out and win that game, I think it's just going to do wonders for our possible prospects in a postseason. And this is the kind of game that you got to get up for. And this is the kind of game that anyone that's a real competitor that understands what it takes to be successful, you relish this opportunity. You don't go, oh, darn, we have the Packers. Oh, no, we have to beat Aaron Rodgers. You say, look at what we get to do. And this is the real barometer of, of a good of a, of a real team. You kind of see what you're made of. You see what your expectations are, and you can kind of see, are we about it or not, you know? And, and I think that this is a perfect opportunity to go out there, you know, lay it all out on the line. And I think this, like, this is great. This is what you should want and, and prove, like, hey, you know, this season has been up and down, but when it mattered, when our backs were against the wall, we either stepped up or we didn't. And we saw what this team was made of. We saw what this group was made of. And I think we're going to find out a lot about this organization on Sunday. And if you win, that's even more you can build on when you have the, your next opponent in the playoffs. And guess what? If you win this week and you get in, you got a chance to win a playoff game. I mean, it, it really is that simple with that type of momentum. Cameron, we're taping this on a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday afternoon or late afternoon for your sake in Danville. We're doing a little bit early because of New Year's coming up. So we're about maybe four days away from, from game time. Take us back to your playing days just for a second here. Q, 
Cameron Lee, where is he emotionally, you know, heading into a huge game like this? Like if you were on the squad right now, you know, you've played some big games in your career. Are you, are you losing sleep? Are you, are you restless? Are you, are you trying to manage your, your energy right now? Are you more of an even keeled guy where maybe it starts to ramp up as you get closer to the game? Probably where, where's your headspace and maybe take us inside of maybe where the headspace of some of these Chicago bears are right now. I think what you would see is that for a lot of these guys, they're going to try and play it as normal as possible. And some guys you're going to see kind of block out a lot of the, a lot of the periphery, a lot of the extra stuff that's going on. You're right now. You're just so singularly focused. You know that you have to win this game uh, obviously to, to give yourself the best opportunity to, to extend your and prolong your season. And, and it, maybe even your your stay and your tenure with a team. So what you're thinking right now is just about this game. It doesn't mean that you make it any more than it is. You don't overreact. You don't treat it any differently. It's just another football game. But you're not thinking about all this excess stuff that's going on right now, what you're doing for New Year's or anything like that. I mean, you got a game, and, and this is the biggest game of your season. And so, I mean, if I'm one of these guys, I, I'm going to try and stay as normal as possible, but I'm also just going to – limit and uh and cut back on some of the excess stuff i'm just gonna be focused locked in doing my job handling my business gonna be, maybe be in my playbook a little extra watching more film but you know at the end of the day you just got to go out and perform and do your job yeah running a lean and mean ship cameron night before the game are you a, a restless guy or do you sleep like a baby it's funny because I I stress out more over practices than I do over games because I don't know if I'm just one of those. Some people are just gamers, if you will. And so for me, I always just felt like on the field and then kind of like the heat of the moment when you're out there, like it just kind of happens. It's just kind of natural. And it all just kind of seems right in the universe where like practice is what I find to be super stressful because every single rep, you go to the sideline, there's a coach in your face, they're, they're yelling at you, they're critiquing this and that. And, and to me, like that's the part that I find to be more of a pain and and like games to me are just kind of uh, that's the dance man you just get out there and and there's a rhythm to it there's good and there's bad but you just kind of got to make it work but no man i i never i never stressed over games i never lost sleep over games but i, I lost a lot of sleep uh, over some training camp <laughs> well cameron we got a dance coming this week final game of the season bears versus packers let's dive into it the last regular season cams keys to a victory and it's now week 17. My friend, you're going to go first. What's your first key to a victory? How are we going to beat these Packers on Sunday? So, so often we talk about the keys to the victory, and I always mention our running game and how important it is that the Bears get their running game going. This week, I'm going to actually flip it, and I think it's important that we're able to contain the running game of the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, uh, in their last matchup against the Tennessee Titans, they came out and were able to run the ball all over the field. A.J. Dillon was the man that was was just clobbering uh, defenders and just looked, you know, like a like a, a round mound of rebound, just running the ball all over the field. And someone that no one wanted to tackle, an abominable snowman, uh, uh, a, you know, a Yeti, some, something like that. Maybe that's a better analogy. But someone that you don't want to get in the way of and tackle. And uh, that's something that we absolutely cannot afford to happen. You know, a January game at Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois, could be cold. You know, this is this is a uh, going to be a runner's atmosphere. Uh, so I would say that you got to make sure that you come out and contain. It's not just that they're that they're solid rushing attack and obviously have some excellent running backs in that backfield. Uh, but in all of the uh, the uh, Packers few losses, the three losses that they've had this year, they, they've been able to uh, keep those running backs rushing yards under 100 yards for the game. I think that's going to be a key is, is 
is uh, limiting that rushing attack and keeping them under 100 yards rushing. It's a great call because I, I felt like when we played them the last time and they were just kind of ripping us up and down the field, it was one of those things that's been a bit of a bugaboo for the Bears defense this year. It's been tackling in the open field. It's been that initial contact. Guys able to kind of spring loose, get those extra yards after initial contact. And I think I, you're right. You know, shutting down that running game is going to be huge. Yeah, A.J. Dillon, all of a sudden, you know, you got to account for Aaron Jones. But A.J. Dillon looked pretty damn good. He's looked good now for a couple weeks. So they got a bit of a one-two punch going on back there. You know, you know, with Green Bay, you know, they're going to have some drives. You know that they're going to get those six, seven, eight, you know, eight play drives together. Defense might get a little worn down. You got to make sure you wrap them up and tackle as best as you possibly can. My first key is also on the defensive side of the ball, Cameron. And I'm going to need your help with this. I'm going to pitch something to you. I went back. I started watching some of the film of Green Bay's losses. They've lost to Tampa Bay. They've lost to the Colts. And they lost to the Vikings this year. A couple things I picked up on. And my first key, this is going to sound counterintuitive or counterproductive, but you know what? I think we need to blitz Rodgers. A lot of people are like, no, don't blitz Rodgers. He'll cut you up. He'll find the extra man. And here's what I'm saying is that if you give the guy too much respect, if you give him too much room, he's going to cut you up anyways. And we've seen all season long, he's so good at that two-step drop and just get the ball to Devontae Adams' hands, and he's making plays all over the field. So that's already going to exist there, and that's going to be a tackling issue. But here's what I noticed, and I want you to tell me whether I'm and, – and be honest, whether I'm being too simplistic whether you think this won't work because obviously maybe we have a different personnel or maybe I'm just getting a little ahead of myself, but I went specifically to the Tampa Bay game. Rogers had a really, he had the worst game of his season against Tampa Bay. And what I noticed really early on was that they brought pressure with linebackers on the interior of their offensive line. And they did it like on second down. It was like second down and six. It was like second down and four. They eventually were able to do it in third down, but they kind of built a lead where I felt like they were able to kind of get away with it a little bit more. But here's what I'm thinking is that I think we need to show him pressure up the middle. I mean, we already have Akeem Hicks, but I think we need to bring an extra man. I think we need to get his eyes recognizing that heat and that pressure. I think we need to try and adjust his clock by even if it's like 0.3, 0.4 seconds, just to give him those looks early on. Even if you don't hit home, that's okay. And then what Tampa Bay did was after they showed him that upfront pressure, he, his clock was a little weird, so all of a sudden now he was kind of looking for it. So if he didn't see it coming up into his face, he kind of knew he was safe. And then they started blitzing linebackers wide. And by doing that wide with Khalil Mack, all of a sudden his clock was a little off. And just for a couple of seconds, he wasn't able to peripherally pick up on that. They were able to get home on him too as well. And they had five sacks against him. They were able to pick him off twice. It just seemed like they had really messed with his clock early on. And Rodgers is so good at getting the ball out quickly. I think you almost need to not trick him by, like, doing backdoor pressure. I think you need to bring it right to his face, show it to him with his eyes, make him account for it, think that he can adjust, and then maybe back off just a little bit and then start bringing different kind of looks and pressure. What do you think about that? Too simplistic? Is that something that could actually work? Or am I playing with fire here? I like with that you zig when they zag. That's just something about you, man. You just uh, you're you're going against the grain, and I like it. Now I think you're onto something a little bit. Tampa Bay, they do have excellent linebacker play. Uh, obviously, with 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 their core group of guys, you know, Levante David uh, had one and a half sacks in that game. That was the most sacks he's had to, had in a game all year. And I think a lot of that does stem from that ability to put those eyes on him early on and in those interior spots. So if we were able to see. Uh, some of that pass rush coming from our interior linebackers, maybe get Trevathan or Roquan Smith uh, coming up the gap and get some eyes and some pressure and maybe then free up some of the stuff coming off the edge later on in the game. I do think that there's something to that. I don't know that it's just as easy as, hey, the 
the Buccaneers did at weekend too. Um, but yeah, just doing anything you can to just create that extra sense of urgency. And I guess, you know, anything that we can do to move the eyes of Aaron Rodgers in that offensive line in any direction and, and give them, if, if it steals a second on your pass rush, then it might be worth it. Cause the, it's those split seconds at the very end of the play where you think, man, like, could this go on any longer than Aaron Rodgers? That's when he takes advantage of defenses and their discipline. And when they break down, then that's when they, he finds that unbelievable, that, that, that play that most people can't seem to make. That's when those plays are made. So anything that you can do, and if that is bringing a little bit of pressure and taking some risks, but taking a one second off the clock or a millisecond off the clock, even, I think that the, there's something to that. And I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a huge risk, right? I also think it's a risk though. If you think that you're just going to like get home on Aaron Rodgers and then give him a bunch of time, I think that's where he really starts to carving you up. I mean, they're second in the NFL on converting on third down. They're 51% converting on third down on the road. So you're going to have to pick your spots. I'm just talking about like doing it early. And I, I think you just need to change the tenor a little bit of instead of like, Hey, we're going to play him. We're going to play him straight up. You know, typically they're like, Hey, we're going to keep everything in front of us here and let Rogers just carve us up. And every single third and four, he just kind of figures it out. You talked about on the preview pod when we played them the last time about how to make Rogers uncomfortable, how to move him off of his spot. And we were talking about pass rush and getting home and all that stuff. And as much as I want to see Khalil Mack coming wide and, you know, you know, sneak attacking him from the back end, I think we just need to show it right away. I think it's almost a situation where I'm not saying we do it a ton, but I'm saying in that first quarter before they get really comfortable and get cooking, and we're going to get to the Packers second quarter numbers and a couple keys from now. I just think we need to show them that we're going to bring that kind of pressure. He's going to have to make those kind of decisions and he might have to bail out on a couple of throws a little bit earlier than he would want to. I think that is a way to, in theory, make him uncomfortable. Can he burn us? Yes. Blitzing with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, you know, blitzing on defense with Trubisky at quarterback is definitely a risk. Got to try something different. And I think we need to almost give him less respect. If that makes any sense. Sometimes you can give someone too much respect where you're handling them with kid gloves. It's like in basketball, you know, when you're guarding Jordan, you know, you don't want to touch the goat. You know what I mean? You want to just kind of like stay in front of him, and then, you know, he can kind of eat you alive. I think it's just sort of take, take the action to them, to be honest with you. And I think that might give us an opportunity early in the game to knock them off their rhythm. I think that, I think that's smart. And that kind of plays well into my second key, which is uh, to display, uh, I guess a different, uh, we'll just call it display defensive discipline. Uh, I think that obviously when you're going against Rodgers, everyone knows the hard count. Everyone knows sort of his ability to to break down and break up uh, any sort of errors that you have on the defensive side of the ball and take advantage of all these different sort of things. So obviously any extra opportunity that they get, that's going to be an issue for the Chicago Bears defense. We want to limit their opportunities. We want to limit those uh, those those third down conversions. We want to make sure that we're disciplined and in, in, in positions to slow them up on first and second down as that's obviously going to be uh, the most important thing when you're when you're getting third down stops is making those tougher. So I think it's a lot about discipline and and not you know doing the little things. I mean you got to do the little things here and you can't got to stay disciplined. And you can't jump on on your hard counts. You can't break contain or break or let them break contain and break assignment uh, when the becomes the scramble drill that inevitable scramble drill that Aaron Rodgers is so good at. So those little things. It's just like hey, you know the play's been going on for three or four or five seconds. You just got to stay locked in for that fifth and sixth and seventh second when that play is going on, because if you slip up one time, Aaron Rodgers is the man that will that will crack this game wide open. So just making sure that you're extra disciplined, extra, just 
keyed in and tuned in and locked in and make sure that those little things that you don't give this man any extra opportunities. Am I, you let me know if I'm reading too much into what I'm about to ask you, but you know, you're looking at all these numbers here, the Green Bay Packers in the second quarter, they're averaging an NFL best 13.2 points per game. Aaron Rodgers has set an NFL record by throwing 22 touchdowns in the second quarter. That is just an insane number to me. So there's a world where, and this happened to us when we played them the first time, you know, they ran it down our throats. They got up pretty early. And by that second quarter, second and third quarter, you know, the game was completely out of reach before the offense could even get a chance to breathe. Am I reading too much into how important is it for the Bears defense to set some type of tone, send some type of message that, hey, we're going to be competitive in this first quarter on that very first drive right off the bat in the game? Or do you think they could perhaps survive, you know, a touchdown on that first drive and come back and rally? You know, is this a, is a little bit of a mental thing going on right now that they have to come out and set that tone early? I don't like to look too much into these sorts of things, but I think the first drive is the most important drive when we're talking about a tone for a football game, because you can learn so much about a team when say you go out there and give up that easy touchdown or get that quick three. And now it's the way that the other team responds that you learn. That's the moment when you learn so much about a team and the Packers are obviously so good at just coming out and just kind of swallowing up whatever energy it is that you had because they come out, they could just score so many points. They get to the second quarter and they just explode. Um, so I think it's I think it's important, like you're saying, that they come out and just kind of set a tone from the jump and just say, hey, we're not afraid of you. We're not going to have this big brother, little brother mentality, Bears, Packers. Like we're going to stand in the middle of the ring and we're going to punch you in the face. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're winning after one quarter or that you score on the first drive or that you shut them down and force a three and out. But you have to play with that swagger and that energy and just show from the very beginning that, hey, this isn't going to be that big brother, little brother thing. And we're here to fight just like you guys are. So I think it is important that you come out early on and have some success, whether that be a touchdown or a field goal or just a couple first downs or whatever it may be. But you cannot just come out and roll over kind of in the way that, you know, it seemed like this game was over within five minutes last time, last time they played. And that's just not the Bears don't have uh they don't have the room to afford those sorts of, uh, I guess, setbacks, if you will. Well, and big brother, little brother is a wonderful way of putting it, too, as well, because when the big brother in this matchup of Bears versus Packers smells blood, it turns into a bludgeoning situation. And I'm thinking of like a Rocky four, you know, when Drago finally gets cut, he's cut. The Bears need to absolutely pounce on that and take advantage of that. Conversely, what you're talking about, too, as well. And this goes for Bears fans. If you want to put the energy out there for your Bears team to win on Sunday, you know, if the Bears get off to a, a bit of a clunky start on offense, you know, we have to keep the fight as well. We got to keep pushing, you know. If Mitch Trubisky drives us into the red zone and throws an interception in the first quarter, you know, we have to keep fighting. We can't let the mental swings of this game put us in a position where we could be vulnerable. We have to be, as you mentioned, we have to be disciplined. We have to be mentally ready. We have to be ready to overcome mistakes. We have to be ready to accept challenges. We can't just bow down. I mean, this game is not going to go perfectly to plan. Just put that to rest right now. There's going to be no scenario where this is going to be exactly in the Bears' hands right here. Some things are going to look a little different. Maybe there's some things we've been doing well the last three weeks might not be there. We're going to have to find different ways to win. And I really think that the Bears early on hopefully can maintain, like you said, that discipline, like I said, that mentality to help them maybe weather the storm a little bit if things get a little choppy in that first quarter and continue to fight. They got to put themselves in a position in the second half to at least hang around the game and at least put them in a position to perhaps win or hell maybe build a lead and then protect that lead. 
Hey, that's an idea. And scoring in the third quarter. Scoring in the third quarter might do might do wonders for this team. We saw what happened last week. So I, I would I would highly advise to try and score in all four quarters. My second key of the game, Cameron, I'm calling this just number 151. Bears, since Mitch Trubisky has come back into the lineup, they're averaging 151 rushing yards a game. They're averaging 148 rushing yards a game when in seven games that Mitch has started and finished this season. If you pull up the stats and the three Packers losses this year, their opponents, the Vikings, they ran for 173 rushing yards. Tampa Bay, 158. The Colts, 140. Are we seeing a trend here? The number is 151. Now, look, when we did the preview pod last time, I think the number was 77, Cameron. I said if we get over 77, we got a shot to win. I think we got 128 against them. But again, that running game again, everyone's looking at can Mitch Trubisky do it? In my opinion, this shouldn't be in Mitch's hands to lose. This is a perfect opportunity. You know, Green Bay's defense does give up a lot of rushing yards. They are very vulnerable in that particular area. And on top of that, too, the Packers are giving up 24.16 rushing yards to quarterbacks over their last six games. And we know Mitch needs to at least meet that number or better. Montgomery, 143 total yards in a blowout loss against them, but he still got it done. And look, since week six, six different running backs against the Packers have posted at least 90 rushing yards against them. They've given up 11 TDs to running backs in 11 game span. I know this is our bread and butter. We've been hammering it, but we need it now more than ever. That number 151, I think that's probably a benchmark. I think we need to get over that number if we want to give ourselves a decent shot at winning this game. Again, that running game and that offensive line really needs to come up big. That's my second key in week 17. Man, oh man, it's like we're synced up because that's actually my third key is that we continue to have the success on the ground game. Look, dude, it's um I'm I'm not a I'm not a prophet. I'm no oracle. But we've been saying it all year. <laughs> the Bears have the ability to run the ball. David Montgomery is an excellent runner, and when Mitch Trubisky is under center, this team pretty pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. So, like, let's not overthink it. I've said it a couple times. The Bears' own worst enemy sometimes seems like it might be Matt Nagy when we try to get a little too cutesy. If it ain't work, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we like we keep talking about this, man. Like they look good. They're running the ball. They're being creative. They're getting the ball and giving it to David Montgomery a time and time again. That's it, man. Like continue to follow this formula. It makes the throws easier. It makes the blocking easier. They had success last time running the ball against the Packers it was in a loss they looked terrible defensively but they were able to run the ball and that's what I was even saying at that point was I was encouraged because I believe that was Mitch's return game and they came back and they they ran the ball effectively and like I said they sucked and people are are beating them up for it but they showed something that's it man they can run the ball against this team they have had success running it they should continue to do it and if they do so with the uh, solid defensive performance, much better than what we saw last time. They got a shot at this thing. You're bringing up a great point, too, where that Packers loss was so embarrassing, but they walked away with something, right? They walked away with something that they've been able to put into the game plan and build upon and get progress from, and now we're seeing the fruition of that, and now we're coming back around, and let's see with take two now how exactly that goes. And I know what people are thinking, you know, 
I brought up the Buccaneers and the Colts beat these teams. Well, you know, you need to bring an elite offense to beat Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers averaging 31.6 points per game. Well, I watched those two games, and you know what they're doing? They're handing the ball to Jonathan Taylor not once, not twice, not three times, four times in a row. You know what I mean? Like They're giving the ball to Ronald Jones not once, not twice, but three times in a row. They're making down-and-distance easy situations. I'm watching Tom Brady in this game, and he didn't attempt to pass over 15 yards until midway in the second quarter of that game. So anyone who thinks that we don't have the offense can get that can that can't get this done against the Packers is sorely mistaken. If we continue to play our type of game plan against them, I think we can actually, you know, really move the chains and keep it going. And you know what it's going to entail? It's going to entail that David Montgomery gets more than 11 carries than he got against them in week 12. I mean, we need to times that by two. You know what I'm saying? I mean, his touches need to be in the 20 to 25 area. 30 yeah yeah dude let's bring it on seriously because it's going to keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers hands we can still I think our third down short and short yardage situations our conversion efficiency has gotten light years better over the last couple of weeks so we have confidence in that area so I just think we need to be patient especially with the play calling just keep keep going and I think Bears fans need to relax a little bit you know we don't need to be airing the ball out here to keep up with Rodgers in this game we can seriously keep doing what we're doing and we can stay competitive in this game, and we can win this football game with the offensive game plan that we've been showing for over a month now. We're going to win this game by being the best version of us. That's how the Bears have started to win games uh, down this entire backstretch. I know you made the point of talking about it, but let's just go ahead, and, and we can say it one more time. Since the bye week, 121 yards rushing against the Packers, 140 against the Lions, 169 Texans, 199 the Vikings, 128 the Jaguars. They were doing 40 and 50 yards a game prior to that. Like, and you sucked. <laughs> you sucked at it. Just be real with yourself. This is who we are. Run the damn ball and give yourself a chance. I love it. Just make it easy. And look, you know, everyone could be like, look, they've been playing bad defenses, but you play who's out in front of you. There's still NFL teams out there. And over the last month, the Chicago Bears are like a top five, top eight offense in whatever category you want to look them up with. You know, they're converting 44% on third down over the last three games. That's the only one that's probably like mid-area, 14th. But now they're up to 18th in the NFL in scoring at 23.7 points per game. You know, they're averaging 36.7 over their last three. That's third in the NFL. They're third best in the NFL the last three games, scoring 13 points a game in the second quarter. That quarter that I just mentioned the Packers are dominating in, well, we're doing pretty well in that category too as well. In any other category you want to go in, we're like in the top five, top ten in every single area. So, I think we can compete. You know, the, I think the defense is going to have to maybe set a tone early. I think it would be great if the Bears could come out rocking and rolling on offense. But I think at the same time, what's going to be more important is to stick to the game plan. You know, don't freak out. Don't ditch whatever you're planning on doing and start trying to, you know, go vertical all the time. Stick with the game plan. Try and stay patient. Try and stay in the game. And it gives them an opportunity to win, which brings me up to my third key. Cameron, this was a little bit – I this wasn't on my list heading in. But kind of watching the film a little bit, just started thinking about what we've been doing recently. You know, watching some of the tape from Darnell Mooney in this last game, who who had a really great game, but he I think he had eight targets in the game. Two of them were down the field. They were kind of opportunities that were almost opportunities. And this third key is called secondary receivers. Now the Packers, they've been really tough on receivers this season. You know, granted, A Rob, he had eight catches, 74 yards, two touchdowns against them in week 12. But for the entire season, the Green Bay Packers, they've only allowed a team to post two receivers that each individually get 50 receiving yards or more in a game. It's only happened twice, in week one and week 11. 
So there have been times when number one receivers get 100 yards against them, touchdowns against them, 90 yards against them. But it's that secondary receiver that they've been completely shutting down and making other teams pay. They can't even get 50 yards from a number two receiver when you play the Packers. I think that's going to be a really interesting key in this game. You know, they've been given up. They've given up four touchdowns to tight ends in the last six games. I mean, I love A-Rob. He's there. We're going to feature him. At times, we're going to feature him from four straight plays in a row. I think it's the complimentary guys around it that's going to really blow it out. And what I kind of noticed is I know we don't have the speed of Tampa Bay, but in the slot position, what they were doing was they were running their slot guys deep and trying to use that speed to open up the middle of the field and open up some different kind of crossing routes. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, man, on a rollout, that works with Mitch. I'm seeing stuff that can actually work against the Colts. They ran a beautiful play where they basically try to have the tight end sit down in the middle of the field. They use speed on the right side. One guy, uh, one guy ran, you know, just a vertical, just straight down the field. The other dude kind of ran like a deep post slant in the middle. And then they dragged Michael Pittman across the field, just kind of snuck him underneath. And I'm just thinking Mitch Trubisky on a rollout, sneaking a guy from the left side underneath. They got a 45-yard touchdown from that. These are plays right here that I'm kind of seeing that the Bears can kind of pull off a little bit. You know, I've seen also Green Bay get kind of burned on reverse screens a touch. So if you're going to go half the field, maybe you can burn them with something on the other side, a little bit of a reverse. I'm thinking these secondary complementary players really need to show up. I'm looking at Cole Komet, I'm looking at Darnell Mooney. Heck, I'm looking at Anthony Miller in this game. I think one of these guys needs to make a big play at some point in this game to give us a real chance. I think that's absolutely the case. I mean, you know what? we? I think the Packers are well aware of what the Bears are going to put on Dave Montgomery and Allen Robinson and Jimmy Graham come the, come the red zone. I mean, like, we know that. We know that. It's what can we get from those auxiliary players, those secondary receiver types, if you will. I mean, is Cole Komet finally – is he going to find his way into the end zone? Is Darnell Mooney going to finally burn someone and make that big downfield play that we've been – that we've been waiting to see. I don't know, but I think that those are things that they're definitely going to need to be able to create because, you know, Allen Robinson is good for 11 catches for 98 yards. Like we, we know that, uh, but, it, but is that going to be enough? Probably not. You're going to need to see some of these second and third guys come out and make something happen and, and have those pop plays, those spark plays from other players and other sources. And I noticed stuff from the Jacksonville Jaguars game too, as well. I really loved what we did with Jimmy Graham. Not sure that he's going to be a major factor in this particular game, but they were doing some really interesting stuff with him where they were running like what looked like kind of like a dummy short little out route, but then it turned into a wheel, which I think turned into like a 35 yard reception at one point. I don't think you necessarily need to be like, Hey Darnell, when I say hike, you run as fast as you can down the field and we're going to hit you. I don't think that's Mitch Trubisky style. I don't think that's the bears offense style, but I think there's different ways to kind of spring guys loose. And if we can flash them and make them respect that speed a little bit, I think that's when you can kind of get other guys involved. If you can get them to somehow respect Darnell Mooney's speed, maybe you can get an underneath crossing route with Anthony Miller. Maybe that middle of the field opens up a little bit for Cole Komet. Or if they're respecting that, maybe you can get Cole Komet down the field a little bit more. I'm just kind of looking at different ways where Mitch Trubisky isn't necessarily throwing the ball 20 yards, but we can get it, the ball into people's hands to pick up 20 to 30-yard gains. I want to see Mitch deliver the ball more so than – then throw deep, long passes. I just want to see him get the ball in the hands of the right players in the right spots. Well, it's time, Cameron. I think it's uh, we're going to make some predictions, my friend. One more time in the regular season. For old time's sake, Mitchell Trubisky, let's go passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions, rushing yards. What do you think for Mitchell Trubisky against the Green Bay Packers in an all-important Week 17 matchup? You know, I think that uh, he's going to be able to build off of what we've seen 
and I like uh, I like what we what what we have seen so far um, in this back stretch of the season. So I, I think we're going to see 240 yards passing, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 30 yards rushing. That's great. Love that. I'm going a little bit under. I'm going 228 passing yards. I'm also going to go with two touchdown passes. I think one of those could possibly be to David Montgomery. Green Bay has been known to give up, you know, pat, uh, receptions to running backs. I think we can get him involved. He had five catches for 40 yards, I think, against them in week 12. One of those touchdowns could perhaps go to Dave Montgomery. And I'm going to go a little bit higher, man. I'm going to go 53 rushing yards because here's what it is. I, I think Mitch plays well. But if you want to say – when I say Mitch plays well, do I think it's more likely to come from his arm or his legs? I'm going to go with his legs on this one. I think he's going to make some great decisions. I think – on a couple of those plays, I think I was like a first or second and 10 last week against Jacksonville. It wasn't there. He just went up and got six quick yards with his feet. I think that's perfect. I think that's a great decision. I'm not saying he's going to be busting loose or anything, but as we mentioned earlier too, this offense really clicks. If you can get Mitch to run the ball just once or twice in that first quarter to kind of break it up and give, you know, make the defense, the opposing defense have eyes on him. I'm going pretty high on rushing yards. I think he's going to make, it's going to be a situation where he's going to be like, hey, I'm not going to make a decision. I'm not going to make a mistake right here. I'm going to try and tuck it and run it a little bit. And I think he has the athleticism to pick up some extra yards. Cameron, here we go, buddy. You are 10 and 5 on the season. I am 8 and 7, <laughs> just like our Chicago Bears on my picks this year. Very apropos. It's time for final score predictions, Cameron. What do you got? Bears versus Packers, week 17. Put your name on something. What are you thinking? This year has been a roller coaster to say the absolute least. And uh, I like to think that this roller coaster is going to go out on a high note. So oh, I'm going to say the Bears pull this one off and uh, and they do so in a fun fashion. I like the Bears winning 34 to 28. That's great. I had them 35, 31. Hey. And I asked the question earlier in the pod. I trust this offense more than probably I trust this defense right now. And it's crazy to think now. That isn't so much of a shot at the defense. I do have some moderate trust in them, but I just, the respect of Aaron Rodgers, he's got 44 touchdowns. They throw from over 4,000 yards. I mean, honestly, you know, Tampa Bay is really the only team this season that's given him a hard time. And that was like two months ago. I mean, the dude is pretty much rocking and rolling really hard. And he's got a great player in Devontae Adams. He's got Robert Tanyan with 10 touchdowns. He's got a one-two punch right now in the backfield. There's plenty of weapons. Don't sleep on the Alan Lazards, the Marquez Valdez, Scantlings of the world too as well, perhaps giving us a hard time. I just think they're going to they're gonna score points. We're going to have to keep coming. But I do see a situation where it's been proven now for three weeks in a row, the Bears can string together four, five, six scoring drives in a row. You know, whether they're field goals or touchdowns, usually when they play the Packers, I'm like, hey, you can't kick field goals. You have to score touchdowns. I'm actually okay. I think we just need to keep scoring points, keep moving the ball. I just really like how Mitch is operating now. You know, it isn't just, you know, drive, 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 stall at the 40, 45-yard line. It's now drive, 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 maybe stall at the 15-yard line. I can live with that all day long, keep scoring points. I think 35-31, I think it's going to be a wild game. I think the Bears come out victorious. But if we beat the Packers, guess what, Bears fans? We might be playing the Packers that very next week. We got our picks in. It's week 17. We both think that we're going to continue to do this pod and do preview and postgame pods. No, this off-season crap. We're talking preview. We're talking postgame. So check it out. Make sure you guys come back and check out our postgame. It's going to be my birthday, Cameron. I'm going to be very, I'm going to be very, very saucy. I'm going to be very excited, very energetic. But for right now, take us home on the last 
2020 Believe in Bears pod of the year. You've been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you tune into our post-game show Sunday afternoon, I guess Sunday evening, to hear us talk about an amazing Chicago Bears victory over the Green Bay Packers. Also tune in as I sing happy birthday to Joey on the show. You're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you tune in and make sure you always remember to bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.